I would have felt better if, um, if she hadn't failed to give him the pardon, like if she just gave him the pardon and then they continue with season six as planned where Frank died off screen. Because for me, this radically changed the dynamic of the Claire character. Like I could always count on Claire to be loyal to Frank, even if she wasn't fucking with Frank. This is Alex. And this is M. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to, and do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after the episode outtakes curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Today we'll be discussing the back half of Netflix's groundbreaking political drama, House of Cards. House of Cards is a show which quickly curated a loyal fan base, but who was the series really for? What was the magic formula? What was it that made House of Cards so riveting for so many viewers? Stay tuned. All right, you guys, uh, just to refresh your memory. House of Cards is a political drama and thriller created by Bo Willimon, and it stars Kevin Spacey as Frank Underwood and Robin Wright as Claire Underwood. The show lasted six seasons, 73 episodes, and um, if you haven't listened to our last episode, get on that where we discuss seasons one through three. Right now, we're discussing seasons four through six. The show definitely stuck around Um at that time, longer than any other Netflix original had. I think this was one of their first originals, yes? Right. This was, like, the very first. I mean, there was something... There was a show called Lilyhammer, but that was a show that I think was airing on TV in Sweden or something. Some, mm-hmm. But it was on TV. But this was their first... This was the very first exclusive, only on Netflix original. Right, right, right. And previously... On House of Cards. Um, <laughs> we had, were just sort of wrapping the uh, tail end of season three up. And what had happened was we're continuing, I think, the the juggernaut of, of Frank running for, for office for a second term. Because he had essentially just impeached the first president out of his job. So we left off with, um, with that and... Claire also basically was really mad and and fed up. And she was like, I'm packing my bags. I'm going to Texas. You sort yourself out here because I'm done with you. Yeah. In the end of season three, it's that's the first time we even see like Frank put hands on Claire. Like he grabs her face in a very scary way. Claire's like, okay, well, we out. (laughs) Bye. Um, 
And that's what she does. They go. So season four opens with Lucas. Lucas, uh, who was the reporter. Lucas is in jail. Lucas, poor Lucas. He's um, he's doing essentially PSO work, but not getting paid. So that sucks. Mm, hate um, to see it. Hate to see it. Uh, but you know what? At least he's building a skill set. So <laughs> that's also really important. We see Lucas and he's in jail and he's roommate, his jailmate person. He's talking him through an orgasm. So it could be a lot worse. <laughs> it could we be. Talk, we'll talk about that when we get to our sons, when we finally review Sons of Anarchy. Because God. Claire is in Texas. Uh, she's not on the campaign trail. And, and Frank is not handling or taking that well at all. They agree to say that the reason Claire is not with him is because her mom has cancer, which turns out to be true. Let's get into some of the stuff of season four. Season four is essentially going to be dominated by this Frank's presidential run in that bigger plot line. And then Frank gets shot. That's the other big thing that will happen this season. Um, Basically, Lucas cuts a deal with the FBI because he helps uh, in a sting operation. And Lucas gets out of prison and at first he goes to Dunbar, the woman who's running. And because she was like a, like the former attorney general, he is like, yo, I was in jail. But like when I tell you like this shit with like Frank Underwood is bananas. And she doesn't believe him at first. That sort of makes him so desperate that he just sort of goes and shoots Frank. And then the rest of, like, the the back half of the season is Frank sort of, like, recovering from this liver. But then it's also Claire and Doug scrambling to keep Frank in power and then, and help, and then eventually help Frank recover, which he does fairly quickly, and then finish the run uh, in order to to get to the general election out of this primary. So one thing I do like about season four, I did appreciate like them taking us through like the sort of nitty gritty of like the caucusing and then the primaries and how that goes and like explaining the show does a lot to like really explain the process, which um, particularly specifically our process and how like all this stuff comes together. And all I have to say is like, we got to change something because the way it comes together is bananas. (laughs) Mm, yeah. Um, I yeah, I appreciate shows that kind of get to the meat of how policies and politics go into motion, but man, it's a clusterfuck. It is, and it's like all of uh, and so much of it is like nobody is actually voting on anything, like in terms of like people, it's more like polit- other politicians are essentially voting for other politicians. Because that's something that, like, really got with me, um, it, particularly, like, in season, in the back half of this season, and, like, when we get to, like, the delegate stuff, and, like, the, and, like, the DNC, like, and all these people who are running, um, because eventually, like, Frank will be running, the Dunbar lady will be running, and then his former Secretary of State will be running as well, and eventually the Secretary of State lady, like, agrees to push her delegates to Frank. But I'm like, wait a second. How do you push delegates to... And and then you realize it's not something that, like, you, the person in the world, this representative, is actually voting on. 
Like mm-hmm. it's this other person that's in charge of your votes and they can, and like, they can decide not to listen to you and they'll just do whatever. <laughs> if, if somebody else can like, m- like machinate that to have it work, which is wild because <laughs> that's the whole thing. Frank is like, okay, like if you push all your delegates to me, well then I'll make sure that you get to do something. So I was like, oh, so you mean this whole time it actually just doesn't matter because somebody else can come in because it's actually just like whatever, how many del like, and I was like, wait a second, like, sh- hold up. So like, who are these delegate people who like, that I, basically it, you really, everybody should really just get into how like this, um, this process is done because it's wild. It doesn't make any sense and we seriously have to change it. Yeah, it's like the Electoral College. Like, your vote counts until it doesn't. Claire wants to run for Congress and replace this Black woman. Um, she wants to so take she, her house seat, yes. Yeah, so she wants to take her house seat and basically have her daughter, who was going to run, wait a few years to run. So they make she makes a deal with Claire, but at the State of the Union, Frank announces that the woman's daughter is, in fact, running because she made a better deal with him. <laughs> right, so... Frank wholesale sells Claire out. Claire was threatening to just not come to the State of the Union. She's like, fuck you. I'm not doing shit. And so he's like, okay, you can you can get the house seat, but you got to come back. And so she does. After he sells her out, Frank is like, he spins her some yarn about, oh, well, like, you don't want, like, a house seat. Like, you want, like, a Senate seat. So, like, you should, I did it for you, babe. Claire's like, yeah, sure, Okay liar and she then uh, plots with leanne aka nev campbell it's so great to see nev campbell and they like start plotting about what they're gonna do instead so odds and ends that happen in season four this like thing where frank is like campaigning in his hometown and then the kkk thing of his dad comes to light and then he right. gives, and then he gives this whole speech about how he was proud of his dad for joining the KKK because that was the first time his dad ever did something for like their family. That is like the whitest shit I've ever watched in the history of white shit. Cuz the first speech Frank makes is like a public one and like the public one is like, "Well, you know, we were poor and we were about to lose the farm and so like my and my dad had gone to all these banks and like none of the banks would lend him money to save the farm. So like there, he knew that like this one guy that owned this one bank, uh, was part of the clan. So like he went to the meeting and joined, but he did it. So like the guy would give him the money to save the farm and (laughs) everybody sort of looks at him like, so, and what about that? Like, I care because, but then like, there's another speech he makes later on uh, in private to Claire about how like, I'm so proud of that. Like, obviously like he's smart enough not to say this in a public sphere, but he's like, I'm so proud that my dad joined the clan because like, that was the first time he ever did anything to give a shit about this family and like had some sort of spine. And it's just like, the whole thing is just white people. Yeah, are they're different. different. They're so different. <laughs> different from the rest of us. Um, but I also felt like that feels very real. I was like, this also feels very accurate, though. It does. It does. I feel like if he had been, like, shocked and awed, not just in public, but in private, 
about the pictures getting exposed and talked about how ashamed he was, I wouldn't have believed the sincerity of that. I don't think that white people are actually ashamed when they have like family members who are clan, um, only when it's exposed in public spaces. So there's a little bit more going on in season four. Um, Pour one out for Meacham. Pour one out. He was a real one. He was a real one. And Frank and Meacham like had a real connection. I don't, they don't ever, I mean, they all hook up obviously that time in the first, in season three. And they never explicitly have sex with each other again, but there's like a real intimacy with Meacham that like continues before he dies. Like when Claire leaves, there's, yeah, after Claire leaves and Frank is sort of like just kind of doing whatever on his own, Meacham is basically like his boyfriend. And they do like all this like really intimate sort of goofy shit together. Like there's this one night where they, where they're both kind of drunk and then they remove like a painting off the wall in the White House and then, like, Frank takes a Sharpie marker and draws, like, Meacham's hand. <laughs> like, outline, traces Meacham's hand, like, like outline, like, on the wall. Later, after Meacham dies, Frank goes to, like, look for the, like, look for Meacham's handprint that he had drawn, like, that he had drew. And it turns out they had painted over it. And, like, he's really upset about it. <laughs> Yeah, now tell me that's not a relationship. We know what it is. Um, yeah, it is. They went on dates and everything. Um, <laughs> no, but um, Frank needs a new liver, and Doug, being Doug, like there's a, like a guy ahead of Frank on the donor list, so he gets a guy booted off the liver transplant list, which causes him to die, and then Doug donates some guilt money to the guy's charity, and then starts dating his widow. Right, he's like wholesale like steals that liver something else like really quick that i wanted to touch on in season four so when frank gets shot like claire is still in texas claire's mom is hilarious because claire's mom is like i hope he dies (laughs) and then i was like she is me she's hilarious i love her like she's a real one um, also, Tom comes back in season four, the author, and mm. he and Claire, like, I guess, make it official. And they yeah. all, like, have this really great triad, poly triad thing that becomes super official in season four. See, if Olivia had played her cards right, she could have had this relationship, but okay. I think one of the more jarring things of season four is, like, a subplot where a family in Kansas gets kidnapped by a terrorist group called ICOs. And, like, they're, they're kidnapped by the terrorists' white followers who are American. And Claire asks Alir to tell his followers to let the people go in exchange for his freedom. But then he tells them to kill the people instead. They kill this family on fucking live stream and then claire decides to quote let this scare the country into submission because they don't negotiate with terrorists so the guy in question is hammerschmidt and some backstory on that um he goes to freddie about his suspicions regarding frank but freddie refuses to snitch so he goes to remy and they basically play this weird drinking game where remy drinks to confirm all of his suspicions about frank they played um, Never Have I Ever. <laughs> Never Have I Ever. Remy's still fucking Jackie at this point, who's still married. 
Um, but she tells Remy that she's okay with the affair going public if that's what it comes down to. Um, Hammerschmidt also tracks down ex-president Walker, who at first tries to hold on to some loyalty for Frank, but when he realizes just how when he's reminded just how badly Frank screwed him over, he also has a lot to say. So that's what this this um this this article is an amalgamation of all the things that Lucas found out, that Remy knew, and that ex-president Walker knew. This terrorist live streaming of killing this Kansas family from middle America is exactly the sort of huge national tragedy to completely overshadow Hammerschmidt's article. Yeah, so they basically let a family be killed, um, claiming it's because they don't negotiate with terrorists, and really it's because they were trying to negotiate their own freedom. And that's how season four of House of Cards ends. Near-death experience did not make Frank a better person. Claire is not a better person. They're worse people than they were in season one, or at least, the at the very least, the same people that we came into in season one. So what is your grade for season four? Is it good, bad, or basic? Um, that's fine. It's good. I'll say good. Yeah, I'm going to give season four a good as well. Um, I didn't think season three was that good. So I was, I was actually quite impressed with season four coming off of season three. Let's jump into season five. Frank is losing re-election um, to Governor Conway, who is a family man. He's young. He's good-looking. He has a good-looking wife and cute little kids. He was losing anyway, but since he let the terrorists kill that family, to take a strong t- stance against terror, quote-unquote, he's been rising in the polls because of his tough stance on terror. Who? Okay. Right. And Conway and his family were, like, pretty big figures in season four. But they are big players in season four, and, like, it continues into season five. Conway is, like, Frank's Republican contender. Conway's interesting. I guess you could say, like, he's a younger, more attractive version of Frank. Um, They both have that sort of uh, kill-or-be-killed instinct. The cool thing about Frank is that, like, let's go back to how he became president in the first place um, and how he lied, cheated, manipulated, and conned his way to presidency the first time. This is not something that Conway or many of the other players on this show would ever even think to do. Because Frank is just that persistent and that focused when he has a goal. Well, I do. Well, I think Conway is like, I don't think Conway's above cheating. He he doesn't like governing. Like, he probably wouldn't like governing in the way that Frank really likes governing. I, and they say as much. Frank talks about how, like, he's... Frank and um, Conway have a discussion. And, and Frank is like, well, you, like, be the star, but you're not really... but but you're all surface. It's real from what we see, particularly like I think in the back half of season five, when uh, Conway starts to lose. Frank knows that he's not going to win the election. Frank disrupts the election and makes it so that two states don't certify their results. And in in that, he, he holds up somebody actually being elected because Frank understands the back way of how to do things. And it's something that like Conway doesn't understand. In fact, on election night, when Frank makes that phone call to him to, to concede, there's (laughs) like, there's nothing in his mind. That's like, wait, what's no, something's not right here. (laughs) Like, which any, which, which is wild. Cause like, that would have been my first instinct of like, okay, he's conceding. 
what's happening? What is he doing? Something else is going on. Like, he's about to pull something. There's no way, like, he's just conceding to me after everything. I was floored, but also, like, deeply impressed. And I know, I know this shit was inspired by what happened in Florida. I know this was loosely inspired by that. But when I tell you, like, the way Frank finessed this, I have no choice but to, like, stand an evil mastermind. Yeah, so the rules for this are that the House of Representatives must now choose the president and vice president is chosen by the Senate. And so Claire's popular enough that she secures this vote for him and is temporarily sworn sworn in as VP. Frank, however, has to join this creepy secret society, most of whom are Conway supporters, and basically change their minds and get their vote so that he can become president. So that's what happens after he tampers with election night. Conway becomes completely unhinged and starts talking trash. And he even usurps a man's campaign manager, Mark Usher, whom when Frank is sworn in as president again, they bring Mark into their inner circle. He's president. His wife is vice president. It's kind of the thing that they were gunning for from jump. Once that's taken care of, Russia and China re-enter the the picture um, somewhere in the middle of this season and dealings with them and um, fake Putin, a.k.a. Nicholas Petrov, re-enters the picture as well. Everything that Hammerschmidt uh, in Lucas and that they'd been working on, you know, comes to a head. This is a story that will not die. Um, and because they do not have... Uh, the Underwoods don't necessarily have a lot of friends. They do and they don't, in a sense. Uh, that it comes that comes up to like rear its head again. Essentially, the Underwoods ask Doug to take the fall for them, mm. which is so ugly because Doug has just been so loyal. Shout out to Doug because like when Doug when they ask Doug to like take the fall, it's the first thing. It's literally the first thing that wakes Doug up to the fact that, like, oh, this isn't it. Like, this, this, all of this is not it at all. Yeah, we start to see Doug leave the sunken place a little bit. (laughs) Right. Doug sort of is like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what have I accomplished? Like, what is all this about? And Doug essentially becomes the source that, you know, gives all of the proof that Hammerschmidt and the... that they had been looking for, he gives it, um, Doug is the source that gives Hammer Schmidt, like, all the proof of what, you know, he's been sort of talking about in these articles. Uh, and then when that happens, like, they are really, really, really fucked. Right. And the reason why Doug was able to take the fall in the first place is because when Hammer Schmidt reopens the Zoe Barnes case and he gets a train platform footage of that day, the guy in the video looks like he could be Doug, right? Um, because of the way that Frank was dressed and the way that his head was covered. They have a really strong case. Um, and he does whatever he can to get away from this. Um, not just asking Doug to take the fall, but he even pushes Kathy Durant down the stairs when she's getting ready to testify against him. Right, because essentially everyone like sees all the stuff coming. Claire wholesale murders Tom because he's another one who's essentially knows everything, and he also is like discontent. Um, 
he is in the winter of his discontent. It's not working with Claire anymore. And I don't, and I guess he just sort of like, like, cause he leaves. In fact, he leaves. Claire asks him to like go. And he does. He's like, that's cool. I, I'm, I can be gone. And cause he's not happy anymore anyway. And so she calls him back. She does poison him. And then she fucks him and, while and he's dying. dying. <laughs> Which is like different. <sighs> It's very different. This is her first, like, official murder. And Mark Usher cleans up the mess in exchange for being made her VP. Right. Which is, like, Doug was fucking Leanne this season after he asked her to kill Aiden. And he was also still fucking the widow from season four. And then after he admits what he did to her husband, she tells him, yeah, I knew. I was just hate-fucking you this whole time. And, like, I really want to tell her, like, sis, fucking a man is not how you punish him for crimes committed against you, but okay. I think one of, like, the bigger things, well, not the bigger things, but the small things that they kind of just slip into season five are more of Frank's relationships with other men. He has a brief affair with the Civil War reenactor in this season, in season five. Which, um, while, while Claire's fucking Tom. Right, which is very on brand for Frank, to be honest. But the most interesting thing is how season five ends, which is that Claire fails to give Frank his pardon, which was their plan. That when she was sworn in as president, she would give him a presidential pardon for all the shit he's done. Yeah. Yeah, she sells him out. And that's fine. That's That feels very on brand for who she is as a person. See, I didn't... I didn't think that it was on brand because of all the people that the Underwoods had fucked over and of all the issues that they'd had within their marriage um, concerning their political ambitions, I'd always seen them as fairly loyal to each other. Now, I know why the Frank Underwood character had to leave House of Cards because of the shit that Kevin Spacey had had done in his personal life, but um, I would have felt better if... um, if she hadn't failed to give him the pardon, like if she just gave him the pardon and then they continue with season six as planned where Frank died off screen. Because for me, this radically changed the dynamic of the Claire character. Like I could always count on Claire to be loyal to Frank, even if she wasn't fucking with Frank. Well, I figured Claire was going to sell him out when he sold her out. Like she seems like the kind of person who lets shit like build up. Like, She's not going to do anything about it then, but she remembers that shit deep. Like, she's not going to just let it go. Like, um, Mm. yeah, that's that's that Scorpio energy. (laughs) So that's why I figured, like, I was like, yeah, that feels on brand. Like, (laughs) that she seems like that kind of person that is like, uh, you remember that time that you, you did that thing? I'm, and it also felt like getting, essentially getting back at him for like everything because, um, in terms of like, not just like in their marriage, but like all the times I guess he slighted her and didn't just like, I think, trust her outright to do or be something. Because even the whole vice president thing, he had to wholesale be talked into that, right? Yep. Because he was like, that shit's dumb. Like, because <laughs> she was like, I'm vice president. And he's like, that is the dumbest shit you have ever said in your whole life. <laughs> and <laughs> she was so mad. And... <laughs> It's just all the stuff like that was like, I knew it was building up. And she was like, you know what? How, what if I didn't do that shit? Like, she's just coming into her full evil powers. That's all. I felt like that was really on brand for her. 
Yeah, I guess that makes sense because this is like the first time that she's had more power than Frank. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that I guess that makes sense. So what do we think of season five? Is it good, bad or basic? It was good. I mean, I was like, wow, poor Tom. I felt really bad for Tom. I was like, damn, like Tom was like a sex worker. Then he like flipped into being an author only to like then essentially he, I mean, in the end, he was basically just doing sex work again. And then yeah, that's where he fucked up. (laughs) And then both of his books are dead. And then now he's dead. And I was like, damn, that sucks. Yeah, that's where Tom fucked up because he he was um, a sugar baby, but he thought he was a boyfriend. Um, exactly, that's what it was. <laughs> no, I position. give you right. You got to play your position, sweetheart. If you want to write books, write them about other people. Um, yeah, season five. I have to give season five a good minus, and the minus comes specifically with this whole. Doug and the Widow thing that started in season four. I don't need it. You didn't, you haven't shown me anything new about Doug. The idea that some man could get my husband killed and I fuck him out of rage doesn't make any fucking sense. You know, it doesn't, but I also feel like that's a very white woman thing to do. Like, I (laughs) just all these. Listen, it's so many things that people do in this show that, like, on other shows, I'd be like, nah 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 like flag on the play like oh stop 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 time out time out that doesn't make any sense but then i'm like "Eh, that sounds like white people though (laughs) (laughs) this is beyond like y'all really playing passive aggressive with your pussies right now is that is that a thing i just need everyone to love themselves more Jump into season six. This was the shortest season, the last season. The previous seasons had been 13 episodes each, but this was only eight episodes, so we know they're trying to wrap shit up. And it's it's actually really disconcerting to watch this show. And I think we said this, but I'll say it again. Um, Kevin Spacey was basically everybody was like, oh, he's a predator. <laughs> like a wholesale uh, Harvey Weinstein predator and has been this whole time. That was wild because, like, he Frank is a predator, so it was, like, weird to, like, watch him mm-hmm. in House of Cards. And I was like, wow, this is disconcerting in a way. But, um... Arguably worse than Weinstein because apparently he was, like, messing with minors as well. Right. Right. So when people think talk about how House of Cards went down in the sixth season, I like to point out two things. It wasn't exactly top tier in the preceding seasons. And the show didn't go down so much as the show was a Titanic that was sinking with very few life rafts to go around. Um, When you take someone who is not just in the principal cast, but is our protagonist, and they're gone instantly without any sort of ease into it, it's going to, to have a radically negative impact on the show and the premise of the show and the writing of the show. And that's what happened here. We pick up and Claire is like, bad bitch pres mode she's wearing really ugly suits but you know i guess that's requirement called melly from scandal get it hooked up she really should have because like they would have really done something (laughs) (laughs) with her but um she she was a much better dresser when she was first lady but whatever Ooh, diane lane happens this season that's great to see her i love diane lane also, oh, we also pick up and Doug is in a psychiatric facility and I'm really happy for him. Like, that's what he needed so bad. And I was really happy to see Doug, like, 
like at a psych hospital because I'm like, yes, this is this is it, sir. This is what you needed for so long. Right. So Doug's at a psychiatric hospital following his confession because um, there was no fucking evidence, <laughs> right, um, that he killed Zoe, even though he confessed to it. But when Frank dies, instead of staying in a place, the mental health facility that he so desperately needs, he recants his confession and walks right out. And this is where the biggest plot hole of season six happened. Apparently, later in the season, Doug admits that he killed Frank. What's the problem with that? That he was locked up when Frank, Frank died. Right. Like, it's... It, it, and the show just goes with it. Like, it has gives us this whole thing about how he feels so bad and he had to kill Frank. But, like, no, you were in the psychiatric hospital at the time. There was no way you could have left. There are cameras that monitor you being there. It would have honestly made more sense that if Claire had paid someone to have Frank assassinated, honestly. That's true. That would have made more sense. Um, but, yeah. But, but honestly, like, this season, like, oh, I was just saying, but this season, it just feels like they weren't even trying. So I don't even... Yeah, you're right. It does feel like they weren't trying. Like I said, the writing goes downhill. And it's not just that the writing became bad. The writing became lazy, right? With major fucking plot holes like this, for instance. Um, the writing just became really lazy because, like, no one in the writer's room asked how could Doug have killed Frank when he was incarcerated? Because Frank was definitely still alive when he gave that confession and went to the psychiatric hospital. Yeah, this feels like, you know what this feels like to me? Like, this is like the series equivalent of when a relationship is over and a couple that lives together is just going through the motions. Right. That's what this is. (laughs) Right. And And that's sad because it's like, this season actually has like a lot of really great like actors on it. Like, just really, really wonderful actors. You have like, um... Uh, like I said, Diane Lane and like Patricia Clarkson show up and um, Boris Kojo. I hope I'm saying that name right. Um, <laughs> and, is, and these are all like really wonderful people. And this would have been nice to have like some stuff for them to do. But yeah, I guess it is yeah. what it is. So Diane Lane's on this season and that other actor who's who everybody knows, but nobody remembers his name. They play siblings, Bill and Annette Shepard. <laughs> But they play siblings, Bill and Annette Shepard, and they become the adversaries of Claire in this season. Basically, like, who? Um, Bill basically has Claire in a chokehold for a lot of this season. To, he wants to propose a new bill that will lower the factory regulations for a new major corporation that he wants to build and literally holds her hand to sign this bill and get that shit done. Because he like he has that much power. And what I appreciate about the season is that it really does show you that a lot of the power to be had in the U.S. is not necessarily as a sitting politician. It's just being a wealthy white person. White person. Yeah, that's one thing that I do enjoy about the series is, um, is that they make that very clear. That being wealthy and white is really where it's at. So Kathy Durant is mostly recovered, you know, from Frank pushing her down the fucking stairs. Remember that, guys? And she's just trying to live the rest of her life and retire in peace. But Claire won't leave well enough alone because the Underwoods don't like loose threads. So she goes to Jean to have Kathy kill. But Kathy sniffs out the assassination plot and fakes her death. And a funeral is held for her because Kathy really is not trying to die today. (laughs) 
But they managed to track her down eventually and kill her. And Hammerschmidt. Right. And so then how does season six ultimately end? Season six, um, Doug goes to Claire and tells Claire about the, the assassination attempt against her and even provides a list of the conspirators' names. And then after he does this, he reveals that he killed Frank. He attacks Claire and she kills him. And then she she pins the assassination attempts on him, releases the names of the conspirators who are arrested, and she lives happily ever after. Yeah, she kills Doug, pins the whole assassination attempt on him, and names all the people on that list as his co-conspirators. Now, Claire is pregnant this season, which is significant because she's claiming that that baby is Frank's baby. And I know in my heart that that is Tom's baby. Baby. I was going to say that. I was like, girl, bye. Barely fucked in season six. That ain't Frank's baby. That ain't Frank's baby. He was having a whole affair with the Civil War reenactor guy. You're here on falling on Tom's dick every night. It is not Frank's baby. You don't need Maury to tell you that. But she's writing this. Um, because A, she's had that string of abortions that was publicized in the the first half of this series. The only, and the thing is like, nobody knew about Tom or like the reality of their relationship, except for, you know, dead people, people who are now dead. <laughs> right. The only person left alive who knew was Mark Usher. I mean, but he was on that list of, of conspirators as well. And so he gets taken out. Um, but, you know, he gets arrested by the end of the season. And, you know, anything he says now is going to go in one ear and out the other. Because she's Frank's Underwood's widow and she's president of the United States. And he's just some guy that tried to kill the president. I really like that, the fact that Frank, like Claire, got her happily ever after in the way that she got her ha- happily ever after. Because this is white women in power. And this is Claire Underwood in particular. Nothing is ever clean and moral and above board, it's always this really, really shady, lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating type situations. Right. I mean, like I said, the biggest plot hole with season six is Doug saying that, you know, that he killed Frank and whatever. It doesn't make any sense. Logistically, it's impossible that he could have killed Frank. <laughs> he wasn't even released from the psychiatric hospital until he found out that Frank died and then recanted his confession because there was no one to protect anymore. Um, so yeah, literally makes no sense, but I love Diane Lane. I love Greg Kinnear. I love Boris Kojo. Right. So one thing I do think is really (laughs) tragic about Doug before he dies is like, even in, even up until his death, Doug is out here, like really caping for Frank. (laughs) It's so sad. Oh, Mm. Doug, you really should have just stayed in that psychiatric facility. You needed it so bad. You needed it more than anybody. I wanted that for you. I wanted you to get healthy, Doug. I'm sorry, sir. Right? Um, And he's such a writer for Frank that I'm like, this is kind of a character assassination that he would be the one to kill Frank. Like, it doesn't make sense. And it goes against everything we know about Doug. Doug's personality is literally loyal to Frank. Right. This conversation, in fact, that they have, that Claire and Doug have, is very interesting Doug is like, are you going to, is is your like kid ever going to know like Frank's voice? And Claire is like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, she's like, I'm not going to tell this child anything about that man. Because that man ain't his daddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, but that's definitely the implication that's there. Doug is like pleading to her to 
say something nice about Frank because I guess he's trying to find something to make like all of this like worth it in some way or another. Oh, it's just oh, the whole thing is so sad. It was so sad. Doug's ending was sad. There were a lot of people that I felt like the show could have written their deaths and their character arcs much better. Doug is at the top of that list. Then the Zoe Barnes character who who started off in this very mutually beneficial relationship with Frank and then magically started catching feelings. That was a terrible arc. The Rachel character, the dead man's wife. Like, all of these were just like did not make sense from logistical or technical standpoints to me. um, Frank and Claire, ironically enough, were the only people that stayed consistent from beginning to end. Right. So, like, if you have to give the series, like, a grade, what's your grade for the whole series? It's not good, but it's not basic. So I'm going to say it's okay. (laughs) Right. I I feel like it's it's fine. That's not, like, one of our grades. But it's, like, it's good minus... I don't know. Like, I, I, there's a lot that I do like about it. I like, I do think it's, like, very intricately plotted. I think things resolve well. I like the characters. I do think, well, the main characters, the characters that they care about. Because they don't care about any of the Black people on Mm -hmm. the show. Um, Whatever happened to Remy anyway? (laughs) That's a very good question. I wish I knew myself. Hold on, wait. He was one of the co-conspirators listed in the assassination attempt, but I swear I didn't see him for most of season six. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, does he even show up in season six? Because I don't see him. Not once. It's got to be like one episode or, yeah, one or two. Not even two, because there's only eight episodes in season six, and I swear I don't remember seeing this man for longer than 30 seconds when he was named as one of the conspirators against Claire. Listen, I think... The thing I liked the most about this show was, I think, I liked that they explained to me, like, our political process in, like, detail. And I got, like, a full explanation and, like, vision of, like, how it worked in a way that, like, made sense to me. Because even though, like, I've read about it and, like, I've heard other people explain it, it was still never quite clear to me until, like, watching the show. I was like, oh, okay. There's something about... There was something about watching characters like reenact how it works in the confines of a story that made it really clear to me that I was like, oh, yeah, this is nuts. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, And I appreciated that. Yeah, the show definitely made me feel smarter. I'm telling you guys, like I took AP Civics and I still didn't fucking understand what was going on. Um, I studied and I memorized just enough to pass that AP exam, but I swear to you, American government makes no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, maybe I, maybe I just needed someone to like act it out for me. <laughs> for me? Same. Fine. I get why people like it. Uh, there were parts that I still felt like were really slow. Something I wish we would have had more of was like, and I said this last episode, but, uh, I think I'm able to articulate it a bit better now is I wanted more of these fourth wall breaks. I definitely need, and I needed way more from of them from Claire in this season, and we don't get a lot. Um, I needed them way more from Frank, and I wanted them from Frank not for him to, I guess, like, re-verbalize or, like, make clear his feelings of, his feelings after, like, a particularly tense situation, which I think that's the point of that device 
is for mm-hmm. like the main character uh, is for something like when something really like intense happens, then they can break and look at the audience and be like, wow, that sucked. And we don't get that. There are things that happen like like him getting shot or like or like Meacham dying and stuff like that, where I would have like appreciated like a fourth wall break and they don't mm. give it to us. They're just like, whatever, this isn't about explaining the political process. So you don't need a fourth wall break. I'm like, no, 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 come back. I would really like one. I agree with you entirely on the fourth wall breaks. You know, I'm a big advocate of start the way you want to finish. You started with these fourth wall breaks. They were the the one thing that this show did differently than any other political show I've ever seen, and most dramas as well. It They did it in a way that wasn't distracting or jarring. So why did you stop? <laughs> right, and I think, and I mean, even, particularly after Claire kills Doug, we don't get a fourth wall break when, like, don't, like, I really feel like we should have. We absolutely should have. Um, I mean, even if it's just to end out the series, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're ending the series, like, end with the fourth wall break. It's like, that was one of my, one of my prevailing notes. I agree with all of that. I will say, though, and I try to, like, I try to. I understand that I go into every single thing I do with my own particular set of biases because I have biases and preferences and whatever. Um, I will say that I feel like if I were the target demographic for this show and I were even 10 years older than what I am, this would all would have mattered far less to me um, because I wouldn't have found the show so slow and, and, you know, at times boring. I think I would still be into it. I think I would still like the show. I like the show now. I just, like I said, I, I also get that I'm not the target target demographic for this either. Like, I think I still would have wanted that, that fourth wall break ending, mostly because I would want it for a sense of, like, symmetry or, like, a sense of, of callback. It feels like an ending. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, I, Those bookends they work because they, they give a sense of closure and finality. We don't get closure in real life, but we, we should expect it in the media that we consume. I think, I think season six was trying very, very hard to separate Claire from Frank on some hashtag women can do it for themselves. She's just as capable, but the T is she absolutely would not be where she is without Frank. That's that on that, like, period. They were, like you said, a team. He needed Claire, and she needed him. She didn't do this shit by herself, and it's okay to acknowledge that. And there you have it. This is everything that we think made the second half of House of Cards good, bad, basic, and, for better or for worse, quite memorable. If you'd like to check out the series, House of Cards can be found on Netflix. Please let us know your thoughts on this series via our Twitter or Instagram. If you're a GBB patron on our top two tiers, be sure to check out our House of Cards Spotify playlist if you haven't already. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. 
Tune in next week when we'll be discussing the first half of CBS's legal and political drama, The Good Wife. The episode goes live next Thursday. If you'd like to we re- <laughs> if you'd like to watch or relive this series prior to that, The Good Wife is currently streaming on Hulu. In the meantime, Alex and I have another music video retrospective ready for our top tier patrons, featuring the incomparable, legendary Miss Britney Spears. We'll be discussing Britney's career her aesthetic, her influences, and her impact. So you don't want to miss this one. The episode goes live this Saturday. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms to listen to all of our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at Good Bad Basic Pod on Twitter and Instagram to get into our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.